On the Ghostbusters scale of something strange in the neighborhood to an invisible man sleeping in your bed, how haunted is Vegas? Today on CityCast Las Vegas, I talk with Tandy Hornsby, a guide from Vegas Ghost Tours about the hauntings that happen on the Strip. It's Halloween, Monday, October 31st, 2022. I'm Vogue Robinson, and this is CityCast Las Vegas. Tandy Hornsby, thank you so much for being on CityCast Las Vegas. Welcome. Thank you. So can you walk me through the life of a Vegas ghost tour guide? Oh, it's very interesting. I always wondered what type of people do this job because I used to live in New Orleans and I loved it. And I just figured either they just walk in on the, off the street mm-hmm. or they have like some doctorate degree. And it turns out there's all sorts of different people. Some have a theater background. We have one guy with a writing background. Yes. Some people are just trying something totally different and it clicks. Mm-hmm. But it's great because I think it's the best job in the world because everybody, by the end of the tour, you kind of bring out the little kid and everybody. Mm-hmm. This tour takes place along the Strip, which is festive and rowdy and packed. Yeah. How do you create a creepy, haunted vibe for your audience? Luckily, um, Las Vegas does a lot of that work for me. (laughs) I did two flash floods. I did one where they thought that there was some sort of crime going on on the Strip. And nobody was sure what it was. And then many where there was a high heat and high wind advisory. So as far as the creepy factor goes... (laughs) Like, I'll tease him. I'll go, you know, we don't charge extra for the lightning and flash flood. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So you're right. We The, the environment is, is the creepy haunted vibe. <laughs> it is. And, you know, I mean, it's really sad. I, I always want to stay respectful of the dead. I mean, it's a ghost tour. We're going to be talking about dead people. And with these flash floods, it really are dead bodies that wash up. And so, I mean, it's creepy. It's also very sad. So I try to straddle that line. I want it to be fun and I want it to be informative, but I also, I hope that people have a heart for some of the people that are suffering. Hmm. Yeah, I can understand that. Let's get into the stories. What's the most haunted place on the Strip? Well, um, it's such an interesting question because having done this a while, there are actually a lot of different types of hauntings. Now, the Flamingo is the most iconic. It's probably what we would consider the most haunted. Um, There are different types of hauntings. There are residual hauntings where it's not really an intelligent. It's almost like a spirit that's on replay and just happen to die at work. So they are folding clothes or or walking around corners. And then there are others that actually realize that they are a ghost. And Bugsy is one who likes to kind of mess with people, you know, make um, doors open and close. And um, you'll smell Cuban cigars because he was fond of that. And he just kind of likes to play some tricks, I think. Bugsy had his dream and it was a little bit out there. Nobody could have imagined the types of hotel casinos that exist now back in 1946. He decided he wanted to try something different. Fremont Street um, had started um, around 1905. 1931 is when they legalized gambling. And it was a very Western vibe. Bugsy had this idea that he wanted to have a place where men wore tuxedos and women wore evening gowns. 
And he wasn't even in Las Vegas. He was out in paradise where there was literally nothing. So the what happened with Bugsy, he did have a great idea. He was not very good at keeping track of numbers and budgets and time and business. Exactly. (laughs) He was, you know, some people think they're too big to fail. So he ended up having to borrow the money. The only way to get funding for this, you couldn't get a conventional loan. So he borrowed money from the Chicago Teamster Union Pension Fund. So that's where the Chicago mafia came in. It was their money at stake. And so Bugsy was actually, um, he was in a, a Jewish gang affiliated with the Italian mafia, formed the syndicate. He started in New York. Then he has this idea for Las Vegas. The funding's coming from Chicago. So you can see all these moving parts all over. Now, when Bugsy, Bugsy decided that he to have the grand opening on the day after Christmas, 1946, he thought, oh, that'll be a great day to open a casino. Well, it turned out to be a really bad day to open a casino. Sorry, Bugsy. Not only that, it was like the perfect storm. It wasn't a good day. And there was a freak thunderstorm like we've had this last summer. Mm -hmm. It was just nobody came out. There were more people working there than there were guests. And Chicago was watching. Now, at that point, New York was still supposed in charge of the Flamingo. But as soon as that failure, that opening was such a flop, Bugsy died a few months later. He was murdered in Beverly Hills at the mansion of his girlfriend, Virginia Hill. Mm -hmm. And a few days after, three big men in suits walked up and said, the Flamingo's under new management. And they were from the Chicago Mafia. And now this is before we had instant information. And Mm -hmm. so it's like, hmm, how did they know? (laughs) So that was Bugsy's last chance. And the the thing is, the reason that he's particularly fond of this property he just can't get away from it is his idea really did work he's like i knew it look a few months after his death the flamingo started turning a profit and the rest is history you look around the strip and it seems like what's been meant to be there Mm -hmm. but at one point that was somebody's crazy dream So he's just staying for the show. He's staying. He's staying. He's having a little bit of fun messing around with people, Mm -hmm. flickering lights. And sometimes he can be a little, a little rude around the pool area. He's probably the only person, the only entity you'll see wearing a fedora and a plaid suit and smoking a cigar when it's 110 outside. So he's, he's a little noticeable. (laughs) For sure. Yeah. And okay. So that's the flamingo. But I, I also know people hear about hair as being haunted. Yeah. What's kind of the, the abbreviated story behind that? Yeah. The hair is I love because I, almost every tour, after I tell the story, we start seeing women in blue dresses. I'm like, just wait for it. Here it comes. There was a robbery at Harris. It was just a freak robbery. A security guard was killed mm. and a tourist from Hawaii was killed. And she's one of those that doesn't even realize she's dead. Her name was Heather Vitarelli, and she had come out to celebrate her 29th birthday. She was wanting to go on a three-day houseboat trip on Lake Mead. That's what she was excited about. But they, you know, the first night they were going to stay in the casino. So she brought a pretty blue sequin dress. She was wearing it. 
and a stray bullet flies 43 feet across the casino floor and it gets her in the back of the head, killing her instantly. So the hauntings that we see, there's this beautiful, you know, drop dead, gorgeous woman that'll be kind of watching people play slot machines. And when she's noticeable, so when someone looks and notices, she's very shy. She'll turn around to leave. And as she turns, the whole back of her head is blown off. And it looks exactly like it did the moment that bullet flew 40 feet across the casino floor and killed her. So that's when you realize that that's not just somebody hanging out by the slot machines. Wow. Um, Yeah. Has there ever been a time you've been giving a tour and gotten, like, legitimately scared? Yes. She's one of them, and she's a gentle soul. But when you see her, you get up and you leave, because she's just an omen, like something totally unforeseeable might happen. So you see her go, and while I'm on the tour, often I see women in blue dresses. You just start to notice it. But a couple weeks ago, I'm telling you, this lady, she was probably just having, it's a tourist probably having a great time, but she kept like following the tour group and standing there. I'm like, okay, that's enough. Can you go the other way? <laughs> and it was, it was the complete blue sequin dress. It wasn't just a blue dress. And then there was one with Bugsy and um, Virginia. That was the Flamingo story. I was standing across and I had my group looking at the hotel I was facing them and their jaws all started to drop. And I thought, wow, I'm good. I'm getting real good at this. And they go, no, it's the, the figures behind you. I was like, what? <laughs> what? And I had just said something, thankfully, very flattering about Virginia Hill. And the female figure stood up straight and <laughs> looked like she was satisfied with what I said and turned. And I can't even explain how weird that was. Yikes. There are a couple other stories on the Strip. I usually like to end on Paris. As we walk from location to location, we're usually walking back and forth through time. Hmm. We get to Paris, and it's fairly recent. And we look at the observation deck from way back at the beginning of the Strip. I say, look how far that is. Look at that deck. We're going to be right underneath it. By the time we get there, we all see that it is an enormous height. And I ask everyone to imagine what it would be like to fall from that height and land face first in the parking lot. Oh, God. There was a couple, a couple named Adam and Lily, and they were staying at Paris before the observation deck had been completed. The rails were not completely up and they were not supposed to be there. They were just a a young couple having fun and they thought, oh, let's, you know, let's sneak up there and and just kind of make out. It'll be romantic. Well, at least that's what Adam thought. Somehow, um, nobody knows exactly what happened, but Adam ended up falling from that observation deck. And nobody could find his girlfriend, Lily. She just disappeared. She didn't report anything. After 10 days, they finally tracked her down. It was really suspicious, but there was not enough to hold her on, barely enough to question her about. So nobody really knows what happened up there except Adam and Lily. Adam is still up there and he is not happy. So if you're a female and you go up to that observation deck, 
if you're standing, you'll you'll feel kind of nudged and pushed. You often feel that way when there's crowds. But you'll turn around and you'll realize, oh, there's nobody behind me, huh? And the closer you get to that rail, the stronger the nudging will feel and the pushing. And every time you turn around, you'll be by yourself. You won't know where it's coming from. And if you're brave enough to get all the way to that ledge, you'll feel the full imprint of a man's hand and he'll be pushing you. It's Adam, it's Adam, and he's very angry. We would call him sort of an intelligent haunting in that he knows he's a ghost and he's very upset and he's seeking revenge, but he sees every woman as Lily. Wow, not violence targeting women directly from ghosts. Would you say that Vegas is more haunted than other cities? Because I, I know oh, I've been in New Orleans and they've got ghost yeah. tours as well. But would you say Vegas is more haunted? I think what's interesting about Las Vegas is that we're like the dark horse. Like a lot of people, a lot of places, oh, you know, it's haunted and it has history. And because we are so apt to conclude that it's a new place there can't be that much history it's almost surprising and intriguing when you realize that there is a lot more history than you think here for sure so it's haunted in a different way and i learn something every single day especially every tour oh yeah let's talk about that let's talk about the audience what's like the weirdest thing someone has said to you or tried to do during one of your tours um, oh, gosh, listening to the people within the group, everybody has a story. And when we approach it as a group and sharing stories with each other, it just it makes it such a great experience for everyone involved. Oh, wow. So you have them share stories when they're on the tour. Everyone shares. And, you know, some of the most fascinating stories so far, the uh, lady, she was very no nonsense. And I certainly didn't think she'd be one with a story. And she said, oh yeah, I have a ghost cat. And she had turned out she was a veterinarian. And anybody who works in areas where there's there's death, it's very common. And she just completely, just you know, no exaggeration, nothing, just matter of fact, oh yeah, we have um, the most prominent is the, our ghost cat. He'll jump up when she has to euthanize animals and her ghost cat will jump up and bathe himself. And, and I'm like, really? And she says, yeah. <laughs> mm, yeah. What do you think people hope to get out of going on a Las Vegas ghost tour? I think it's interesting to see Las Vegas from a totally different perspective. I think then you can compare and contrast and you can have a really good time, even at one of these places that you learned about a haunting. And you sort of feel like you're less of a visitor and more like you, you're you in the know. You're like, mm. okay, if I see that blue sequin dress, I'll know what to do. <laughs> right. I can definitely understand that. I work at a, in a building that's it's pretty old. It's, it's as old as I am. Uh-huh. But there are so many people who have been in it and have such strong memories of love and community in it. Yeah. And so sometimes like when I'm there super late, I'm like, I get creeped out. And then I think to myself, this place was a place, like an epicenter of love. So whoever's yeah. still here has got to really just be looking out for me. So did I hear a noise? Yes. I definitely heard some rattling. However, whoever that is, is checking for me and is protecting the building. So as long as I'm not doing any harm, we good. (laughs) And I just kind of, that's the final answer for me. Um, Do you believe in ghosts? I do. And I I agree with what you said too. Like a lot of it is, you know, the energy 
that you give out, um, you're going to get back and knowing the history of a place. I mean, everybody's a little skeptical and everybody's a little bit of believer. Like we're all somewhere in that spectrum, (laughs) but I know for sure that we're a lot more than meat suits. We're not just cells and bone and like there's emotions, the things you feel in your heart, you can't quantify them. And when you said this place has so much love and, uh, you know, when back to the flamingo even the sands where the venetian is now these are places that people had the best days of their lives and they laughed with comedians and and so there's just that jovial you know if they're going to hang out somewhere why not go back to the place they had the best time of their lives mm, yeah it's a party Tandy Hornby, thank you so much for being on CityCast Las Vegas today. And thank you for lighting it up with your glow-in-the-dark earrings, too. (laughs) We appreciate you. Thank you so much, Vogue. Hopefully the news is a little less spooky. What do you have for us, David? Well, not spooky, Vogue, but not not scary. Let's cautiously accept that medical experts are warning about what some are calling a triple-demic. That is, an expected winter COVID surge, plus the flu, and a third ailment, the respiratory virus known as RSV. That last one disproportionately afflicts kids, so parents are being particularly encouraged to watch out for the symptoms. And the beginning of November means it's time for Dia de los Muertos, This is when the Mexican-American community gathers to celebrate the departed and mockingly defy death. It's usually a raucous time throughout the week filled with colorful festivities, art, and music all around town. Keep an eye out for the list of events in Tuesday's Hey Las Vegas newsletter from us here at CityCast Las Vegas. That's all for today here on CityCast Las Vegas. If you enjoyed the show, haunt us with your thoughts in a review. Rate the show and be sure to tell a friend a new ghost story. Be sure to subscribe to our morning newsletter. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Talk soon. Has anyone gotten like too scared on a tour? Yeah, I actually had these fun little uh, contact lenses because I I thought maybe I need to be more scary. I'm a little too um, like Lucille Ball with my <laughs> approach. I need more of that scream. <laughs> and I thought, okay, maybe I'll put these contacts in and be scary. And I think one girl like got so scared. She was like almost ready to cry and leave. And I was like, is it these? Because they come right out. <laughs> oh, and then you took so them I out did. so she could see. Yeah, I did. I did. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, I, I'm sorry. I just wanted to see if they work. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs>